hit my man Dracula up for the fade. He got me shaped up right with that widow. Got me peaked up. He ain't lost his touch in 5,000 years, fam. Welcome to the Ain't Shit Show. Uh, I have Alex Goldman from... Well, now you're from Western Kabuki. I don't know if you want to talk about where you used to be from. Or I'm happy to talk me. about whatever, man. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I used, yeah, I used no. to be from a podcast called Reply All. Some of you mm-hmm. may have heard of it. Some of you may have not. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of weird how that works out, I feel like, because every now and then people will tell me, like, oh, the guy from Repri- Reply All, and I'm like, oh, I, I only know from Western Kabuki, and I feel embarrassed. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I went mean, and I listened back. <laughs> I did my homework, and you covered. Like, I mean, it's funny. Weirdness. It's it's funny because, like, uh, you know, that was this thing for that was a thing that was like very specifically. I feel like if you like listened to public radio, if you were like a millennial who listened to public radio in the mid two thousands, like you know who the fuck I am. And if you weren't, mm-hmm. it's just like I don't know who that guy is, uh, which is fine with me. It's like I'm, I'm not. <laughs> uh, far be it for me to ever be a guy who's like, don't you know who I am? i i do that sometimes but like in very weird situations like right like uh like never because i'm not famous but like i i have like a reputation in my hometown right like so where i'm like and i live in my hometown so i used to be like an open mic guy right and Mm -hmm. the open mics that i used to run the open mic that i used to run was fucking psychotic it was legitimately insane um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> everyone because everyone else they like open mic acts and i didn't i talked about this on another pod like on a previous podcast and i'll talk about it again because i love talking about it but like i was the you know guy in guitar singing about girl that didn't like him just didn't do it for me right and like you know that's like for most people that's like the, what they go to see an open mic for but i would always like really go for the people that were doing like performance art people who were just screaming into a microphone you know what I'm saying? Like people who yeah, put yeah, a contact totally. mic in a blender and then plug the blender in. And you know what I'm saying? Like those were the guys that I was like rooting for. And so like but I used I, to like hype That was them me up. in high school. That was me in high school. Yeah. <laughs> so. When I, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I, I had a reputation. Oh, you had a reputation. We're like delay. We're delay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Look, all right. You go. You go. You had a reputation. Okay. I had a reputation for being a psychopath. Uh, with music right like being a noise music guy but also not really playing by the noise music rules you know what i'm saying like there's like a dress code for noise music right you have to just look as insane as possible and i was yeah. just a guy you who have to have a normal. rat tail <laughs> yeah exactly and i was just a guy who looked normal so i had like this very strange reputation of like you know oh marco so like there was a minute there when i was like the noise I was the guy who was getting everyone's show, like noise music shows. So every now and then, I haven't done it since like the pandemic, but ever since I've I've been going, I've been like getting invited to more and more stuff recently. And people have been sending me to noise shows and they've been like, do you know, uh, like, oh yeah, do you, you heard, uh, you know, like Endless Intricate? And I'm like, dude, I was, what are you fucking, I was there. What are you talking about? Like I <laughs> I was there when they start, what are you talking about? Endless, yeah, of course I know Endless Intricate. I was there, dude, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So it's very frustrating. Like, don't you know who I am? I was the guy. I was the noise music guy. You know, like <laughs> I was the noise music. Uh, what are those called? Uh, open mic guy. But now you you were saying. Oh, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, I had a uh, when I worked in public radio. I worked in public mm-hmm. radio, like at WNYC, which is sort of like the 
big, uh, the biggest public radio station in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I worked there for a long time, four years. And at one mm-hmm. point, one of my bo- I heard one of my bosses having a conversation with someone where he was like having a contentious conversation with a person. And at the end of the conversation, he, he ended the phone call by going, do me a favor, Google me. And then he hung up and I was like, I was like, I, I, I don't know much about what I want my life to look like, but I know that I don't want to be that guy. Don't want to be that guy. <laughs> like, I yeah, said, I get do you. me a favor, Google me. I worked in a, like marketing for a long time. And uh, it's weird because like the Silicon Valley has its own rock stars, but they're guys that are very strict. Like the, you wouldn't know who they were, but you've used their products. Millions of people have used their products. Like one of the things that I took for granted, the high school that I went to. Uh, we had to kick out Steve Wozniak. Like the school had to literally ban him because Why? he used to just show up. He used to show up. He just would show up unannounced, go into the library, hang out, check all the computers. Was <laughs> it the high school he went to, or was he just showing yeah? It was up? His, he was he was an alumni like a you know from a very long time ago from like I think the the seventies or something like that. But like he was an alumni, and he would just show up. And so, like, my school got sick of it. Like, my school's like, hey, don't, what are you doing? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> he would do the, he would do, there was a moment when they were inviting him back to do all the, like, speeches for, like, you know, graduating classes. You know what I'm saying? Like, things like that. But I don't know what happened, but at some point in the, like, 2004, 2008 era, he, like, decided to just start coming to the school unannounced and just hanging out in the library. <laughs> so, like, so and he was a rock wild. star. Like, he, it was, he was like, you know what I'm saying? Like people, he was, a, he was famous. Like he's a famous person, but like he was, un, no one knew who he was. No one recognized him. You know what I'm saying? He was just a weird old guy that hung out in our, in our library. And so like, it wasn't until I got into the working world and I started working at like, you know, Uber and all these like big, you know, companies. And I would meet these people and they would be like, don't you know who I am? And I'm like, no. <laughs> like you know like no dude and they're like oh yeah i used to go to high school like steve wozniak used to show up in my class all the time and they're like what the f- that's incredible I'm like no it's not he's he's weird he's a crazy man right like, I, I mean i feel like i gotta give props to steve wozniak for being like yeah. it's pre- continuing to be like a genuine fucking weirdo like that dude can't help yeah. himself. no he uh one of the funniest things i think one of like a funny anecdote that a friend of mine had is that he was in the library during a free period just like doing something and this old like in his words his old weird guy comes in and like starts like taking apart a computer in the computer lab just like pulling it apart and like checking ran like you know just like literally just looking at stuff and then putting it back together and then he goes up to my friend who's doing math and he picks up his calculator and he looks at his calculator and he types in boobs in the calculator and he shows it to him and he just starts dying laughing right and then he just walks away and my friend like tells that story he's like i had no idea who that guy was and i was like that was steve wozniak and i was like, like inventor of the modern computer kind of right like that guy just... <laughs> but that's yeah there's nuts, there's <laughs> he was a genuine weirdo i think i spoke to him once and like he was in the lunch he was in the lunch hall and he ordered a corn dog and i remember being like why is a I thought my I thought it was a teacher or something. I was like, why is this teacher ordering a corn dog? And then he turned around to me and he was like, I made keyboards like do the input. And I was like, cool, dude. <laughs> I don't know who you are. Like <laughs> sick, man. I'm I'm trying to get a corn dog too, dude. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it was it wasn't until years later that I found out who he was. But I mean like 
the bay's got weird i feel like new york in new york you, you there's it's commonplace to run into people that have some amount of fame right i and mean like, what i'll say is like you will go like there you'll go to an event and there will be a person of some level of celebrity there and it and at first it's like what the fuck and then after mm-hmm. a while it's like oh yeah okay yeah like you know yeah. like i i went to a show once and i was like oh there's chloe Sevigny. And I was oh like, yeah, yeah. That, that's wild that Chloe Sevigny yeah. and I are in the same room to see the same band. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't like a big show; it was like a it was like a house show. House show, yeah. Um, cool. And then um, the other thing that's weird is like you'll walk down the street and you'll and it's like if you're like a celebrity, if you're like a person who like is able to like a celebrity spotter, and I happen to be mm-hmm. one of those people, you'll see them mm-hmm. everywhere. But if you aren't, mm-hmm. you will never ever see those people and be like i don't know what's going on like i don't know why i can't spot this like i have friends who are like i never see anybody and then i'll be walking with them and i'll be like look there's sandra bernhardt oh there's harvey keitel oh there's so-and-so there's so-and-so <laughs> yeah, yeah and they're yeah. just like what huh yeah yeah but it's it's not no, like I have... it's not like i like in social situations i'll meet a person and they'll be like yeah i'm you know i'm famous in, in this way because, mm-hmm. because maybe it's just because i hang out with dirtbags but <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's cool, but <laughs> I have a I I have like social blindness, like I have like celebrity blindness, mm-hmm. right? Um, when I worked at Uber, we were doing I was doing like facilities there, so I was doing when facilities is a catch all job. You just do whatever they need done, and so like marketing team would pull me all the time and be like, "Hey, we need like you to help a VIP," and so like VIP literally meant anyone, anyone from like the premiere, like the you know the the tran the transportation premiere of like china right like the ccp would show up and hang out in the corporate apartment and i would just go and like drop off mcdonald's or something too you know what i'm saying like very weird kind of situation work-wise but i remember one time going and sitting in and like doing a lunch and riding in a riding in like a car with someone and like they were making they were asking me to mix drinks while we were driving, which was crazy to me, but like that's normal. <laughs> Nor- that's, I feel like that's just normal San Francisco stuff, right? But like, so I was mixing drinks while we were driving, and like the guy who I was mixing drinks for, I was just mixing drinks. Very cool guy, very like f- he seemed familiar, and I didn't know why he seemed familiar, but he seemed familiar to me. Like I, like I'm mean, like I recognize this guy's voice, and maybe his face. He kind of looks like David Schwimmer, but I don't like I can't really place it like it's not. He looks like a he looks like like a like an African, like American version of David <laughs> Schwimmer. I don't know who the fuck this guy is, but he looks like him. He's something something about him seems similar and like, whatever, dude. And he's talking to me. I'm not putting one on one together and I'm like leaving. And then my manager's like, you lucky son of a bitch. You lucky son of a bitch. You got to be in the car with him. And I'm like, with who? And they're like, with Drake. And I was like, oh, that's that's who that guy was. And she was like, what do you mean that's who that guy was? And I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't recognize him. He was amazing. like, yeah. <laughs> like, he just, he looked familiar, but I don't know where or how I had seen him. But I mean, this is like 2011. So this is not like, this is not early. You know what I'm saying? This is very early, uh, like, in his career. So, like, I feel like if I had met him now, I easily would have recognized him. But prior to that, I had no fucking idea who this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> it was just... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, your your podcast dealt, I feel like... I was listening to, like, a few episodes, and it's just internet weirdness. And I feel like you've kind of transitioned out of internet weirdness and into, like, specifically Twitter weirdness with, like, the Western <laughs> Kabuki guys, right? I mean, and, like, <laughs> I mean, so, like, I quit... Reply All ended last June. Um mm-hmm. 
and uh, I got paid by Spotify for six months to not mm-hmm. work, which was amazing. Hell yeah. Uh, but but when I when I was done, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do right now. And then I was like mm-hmm. listening to Western Kabuki, and they were like, we're looking for an in- we're looking for a producer. And I was like, mm-hmm. I-, I would love to just like hang back in the cut and like mm-hmm. and like just mix your show and like pipe up occasionally, mm-hmm. but like not have mm-hmm. the pressure of being the host and like yeah. not have the pressure of being the guy. Like that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I'm a psychopath, and I'm both the host and the editor and the guy who does all the promotion. And uh, <laughs> I'm a nut job and I don't wish this on anybody, but I enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Like I have people all the time being like, Oh, do you want to, do you want to help me? Do you want to do something else? Or I can help you. I'm like, no, I like, yeah. It. I'm well, a psychopath. I, why do you like, why I gotta say like, <laughs> this has always been a problem for me. And I think like yeah. it, my, my former co-host was really good at this. And I think it was a, mm-hmm. it was a big part of our success is like, I'm fine. I'm great. I love, love making radio. I'm fine at making radio. I fucking hate mm-hmm. Everything around it. I hate networking. Yeah, yeah. I hate promoting. I hate all of that stuff. Like I don't know how you do it. I I enjoy it. Legitimately, I enjoy. It. I you, what it is is that like all the other stuff is supplementary to what my real like the real psychopathic thing in me <laughs> is, which is I genuinely enjoy meeting people. I like people on a genuine level. I'm very interested in what people are doing what they're saying, what they think, how they how they're living. I have a genuine interest in people, which I think makes me more crazy than like Ted Bundy, right? <laughs> like that's there's a I'm a lot more psychopathic in my mind because like <laughs> who gives a shit about like the in and outs of of, you know, a regular person? You have your own life to live. And yeah, I do. Like the stress of my own life, it, it's a lot, but I it melts away the moment someone tells me about their cat was sick. You know what I'm saying? And like, I can sit there and listen to them for hours because that shit just, it genuinely makes me feel like, you know, oh yeah, this is good. It's a, it's a reprieve from my own life, if that makes any sense. So I enjoy it. Like I have a genuine enjoy. So all the other stuff that's like peripheral to it, the editing, the, the networking, getting on, saying wild things on Twitter to get people to listen to me and like me, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, coming up with jokes, all of that stuff is, is like secondary to the real goal, which is just to meet people and have interesting conversations which is something that i genuinely enjoy so like i'm like really glad because i feel like if i was born at any other time i probably would have just been like a a a guy who sits at a bus stop and talks to himself (laughs) right like but but being in the in the era and the position that i'm in the ability to like broadcast once a week podcast and talk to people that's the shit that's the move right like i don't know it's it's weird to be like, yeah, I'm a proud podcaster, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> like, I don't think a lot of people feel that way, you know, about the medium, and I get why. I feel like the medium is is hit or miss. Well, I mean, I think the problem with it is like, I think that uh, the democratization of of technology is like great. That everybody, mm-hmm. all they need is a microphone and a computer, and they can fucking make their own podcast. That's awesome. I mm-hmm. love that. I love that because I don't think that technology or money uh, or backing are necessarily a metric like a good measure of quality because you know there's a million fucking bands i like that you know recorded everything on casio keyboards like there's a there i love music and art that's made from nothing mm-hmm. but it's just like we are in a moment right now where there are so fucking many and like unlike pretty much everything else unlike streaming services unlike spotify or fucking you know mm-hmm. whatever music service you use no one has figured out a good way 
to like direct you toward other things you will like if you like a certain podcast. Like there's just no True. way to find the good stuff. It's either word yeah. of mouth. So it's like there's there's something like three million podcasts in existence right now. Just like mm-hmm. an insane number and no way mm-hmm. to discover the good ones except yeah. through your friends. So it's like really yeah. the grind is tough if you want to do it. Yeah. So you've got to actually love it, you know? I think, yeah, I think there's a, there's a specific, I like I'm a firm believer that like doing things over time, like literally outlasting people is the, is the best way to not only like, like, you know, guarantee like a, I guess like a return on your investment, which I hate, I hate to call it that, but that's what it is. But more or less like doing something over and over again makes it art, right? (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there, it becomes artistic. There's an artistic merit to it because you don't give up. Right. Uh, Sisyphus, we, we think about Sisyphus all the time because he's cursed to push the rock up the hill forever and ever. If he just did it, had to do it like a thousand times and then stop, then it's, you know what I'm saying? Then it's not, <laughs> it's, it's no, no one would write about that. Do you get what I'm saying? Like no one would ponder these things deeply where like a man is, is cursed to find enjoyment in something menial for the rest of his life. That, that changes it into art. Do you get what I'm saying? And like, that's kind of like my approach to this. I don't expect, I don't expect to ever be Chapo, but I, or come town even. Right. But I definitely feel like. You know, this could be, you know, when I'm gray and 65 and if I and I probably will still be doing this because I genuinely love it. Right. Like I it'll be art at that point. People will be like, yeah, this fucking guy's had this show forever. This is insane. You know, there's a guy we did a story about. God, at this point, it's been like a decade. We did it in like 2013. Mm -hmm. And his name's Matt Farley. He is um, dude who lives in eastern Massachusetts, north of. Uh, Boston and he decided one day that his bit was going to be that he was going to just start uploading songs to Spotify and he's going to upload songs about everything so he has different mm. band he and he's a genuine weirdo not this is not mm. a get this is not like a bit this is like he's a genuine mm. super fucking weirdo because he's not mm-hmm. also not making the stuff easy to find like he mm-hmm. he has a different artist name for each one of his projects so he has a he has a he has a song he has a he has a thing uh one of the one of the uh, artists he performs under is um, the toilet bowl cleaners, and they only write songs about poop and pee. Um, oh, yeah. He has a he has a he has a one that's called I think it's called the Odd Man who sings about cities and towns, and he just like mm-hmm. does songs that are like the names of cities and towns in different states. Um, mm-hmm. And so he has put out twenty five thousand songs. They are mm-hmm. all on Spotify, and basically what he's going for is like volume over he wouldn't he would argue very strongly that it's not over quality because in addition mm-hmm. to all of these songs that are just like i'm writing about a city or i'm writing about poop or whatever and he has like mm-hmm. 28 20 songs worth of poop song or 28 albums worth, worth of poop songs he's trying to write a song for every city in the country um mm-hmm. and every town in the country um mm-hmm. He has songs about animals. He has songs that are just like happy birthday blank name. And it's like the mm-hmm. not royalty free version of happy birthday. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has managed to put up enough songs that uh, he makes like a living just from the royalties of the 25,000 songs. Like he makes like 40 or $50,000 a year from the songs. Not, yeah. And, but but he, his, whole thi- his whole thing is like, he's like, look, man, I get that like artists think that they're really special and like, everything they make is like this bespoke little bauble and like they need to like they need to like shine it to perfection but like what they actually Mm -hmm. need to do is just like put shit out 
all the time and like you're gonna get better through the process and like you're gonna make things that you like and things that you don't like and you just gotta like get past the things you don't like to the things that you like mm -hmm. again and everybody's gonna mm -hmm. go through periods where they're really on and periods where they're really off mm -hmm. but uh yeah letting yourself I'm get a firm believer in that. that yeah yeah i'm a firm believer in that like struggle makes your shit better even if it's like even if you are tired of it and get sick of it that the process of doing is always like towards there's no wasted time right there's no wasted time if you in when you're creating there's no wasted effort you are always getting better in a direction and i'd like 100 percent believe that so like that's really the homie method of doing something is like yo i don't give a fuck if the quality is good or bad i learned something from this i'm gonna keep doing it right like there there's episodes i think there's like really early on in the in the podcast there's a ep few episodes where i like give up in the middle of the episode i like completely run out of steam and i just lay on the floor and my co-hosts are like, like, are you going to talk about them? Like, no, dude, just whatever. Just kill the next 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't want to do this. You know, there's like a there's like a story about Larry David where he used that like the legend of Larry David is that he used to go up to perform and he'd get up on stage and he'd like look at the audience and occasionally, not every time, but he'd look at the audience and just be like, not tonight. And he'd just like walk back off stage. <laughs> <laughs> like I love the idea of like knowing like like yeah. a pushing through, but b knowing like you know it doesn't have to ha it, you don't have to hit every fucking time. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. What? No, one hundred percent. I that's I, it's funny because I have a similar trajectory with my own. I have a sound. I used to I used to like start up SoundClouds. I have I don't like talk about all of them because I have too many of them, but I have over sixty SoundClouds uh, because SoundCloud used to have a limit on how much you could put up on something, right? So like it was 45 minutes was the amount of song you or songs you could have on, on a SoundCloud. And so every time I would hit 45 minutes, I would just start a new SoundCloud. Cause then after that you couldn't upload it. <laughs> so I'd start a new SoundCloud. And like I had over 40 different names. I was like Trill Clinton at one point in time. Um, they were all like stupid puns of random stuff. I think, uh, what was another one? Um, I feel like half of my like internet, uh, like my internet history is like lost because I'm one of those people who can't stick to like a single username. I'm like one of those people who yeah, constantly um, making up new new fucking usernames for everything. Say, someone told me someone like, I think like in 2010, I think Google Sheets had just like became a thing, and I after that I started saving all of my info into Google Sheets, so I knew so I could keep track of where it was. Right. And what it was. And after that, like now I have all these like now I know where most of them are. But, yeah, there is an ephemera to like my Internet history that I that like I'm worried about because like I've I've been on the I've been online since I think it's like since I, since I was 17. So 2007. Right. And I've been mm -hmm. making an ins I've always been producing something. Right. Whether it be music or artwork or I had like a deviant art profile. I have no idea where that went, but I know that it's out there somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's terrifying to me. That's right. I, I know if anybody could trace that shit back to me, if anybody could like find my live journal and trace back to me the ter awful stuff I was writing in 2003. Ooh. My my fear is that like my fear is that I was always way ahead of the curve. You know what I'm saying? Like I was. Uh, I, I was showing a friend of mine some music recently from like 2008 and he was like tripping. He's like, a lot of this shit kind of sounds like stuff that was coming out today. And he's like, why don't you like re-release any of this stuff? And I'm like, oh, cause I was a schizophrenic back then. I was like pulling things. Like I was a hardcore, like 
psychopath. I was like pulling stuff from the future. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I genuinely <laughs> believed that. Like I was, I was like there would be. I would spend hours. Like I, that's not sustainable to do that kind of. Men- you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of mental hurting yourself mentally in that way. I would lock myself in my room for like three days until an album was done. Right. Like that, that's crazy people stuff to do. Right. Like that's, <laughs> I don't want to do that to myself anymore. So I can't, I don't want to re-release it, go back and you know what I mean? Like f- try and dig up those feelings and emotions. I don't want to do that. That sounds like terrible, but uh, no, I've, I've always been like ahead of the curve of like, I was talking about that. I was talking to someone else recently that my politics has always been good because uh growing up i was very much a fuck you don't tell me what to do type guy and that's always i guess the best way to be (laughs) i feel like that's like a there's a there's a uh what is that called like an evergreen status on that oh totally yeah yeah yeah. that's that always except unless you become one of those like um the fuck are those things called uh one of those um like like conservative like republicans of the new punk rock yeah idiot. the new yeah the new <laughs> punk is the new punk is just being like you know being trad shit no i get exactly what you, no that's that's ass but the fuck you don't do what you tell me is like a good way is a I good political think lens that, like, <laughs> there was this interesting cycle of rebellion in my family which is like my grandparents grew up super poor in detroit they they bought a laundromat in their early 30s and like worked their fingers to the bone for 40 years um mm-hmm. And saved everything and never went on vacation and were just like, they were children of the depression. So they were just like, they were just like, we got to save everything. And my dad was like, Mm -hmm. fuck that. Like, I want to like live life and I'm going to like live kind of hand to mouth in order to like enjoy my life and like get extravagant stuff. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I, in response was just like my response to him being like really into owning things and like status and shit like that was Mm -hmm. just like, I don't want anything. Like, I don't want any stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just like want yeah, to like, yeah. and I think that that's honestly my politics were just me being like, my dad's like a materialist. I don't get it. I'm not interested yeah, in it. That's, I want something I else. Think, <laughs> I was in a group. I'm in a group chat. I'm in a group chat with like legitimate geniuses. I mean, one of my group chats that I'm in is like dudes that like teach. They like teach at like, you know, they're professors, they're college professors. They're like literal guys. They're like guys who are building AI and they're like in their in their back, you know, like in the in a back room, some random spot. You know what I'm saying? Like guys are just like doing things that are insane. And in my group chat, they were talking about how politically a lot of people's politics kind of come from this that rebellious nature, but more but more so like there's like a a swing to it where like you don't go one way to one to one extreme and you don't go to the other extreme based entirely on your like material condition. And I like understand that because I'm an extremist. And the reason, like, hardcore, I'm a, I'm a hardcore, like, political extremist. Uh, and it is because I, like, have a political, I have, like, my background growing up. I was, like, whipped violently between, like, people who had lots of things, people who had fucking nothing, right? So, like, that kind of violent, you know, whipping back and forth makes you understand, like, your material conditions very early. And me, dude, I... <laughs> I like I'm simultaneous like I want the world but also I don't want anything right like no 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 that's too much right like I'm uh I got a what is it my brother my brother got me like a pretty expensive birthday gift for my for like first time in my life pretty recently and it was like over 500 bucks and Ooh. I was like embarrassed I was like embarrassed I was like this is too much like this is way too I, much I I don't I I have yeah, always yeah. like 
I've always just like had a problem with gift giving period. I'm just like, yeah. there's like, there's like expectation involved and there's like you, it's like if the financial, like if like you, if there's not a balance between how much you are giving the value of the thing you're giving and the value of the thing you're receiving. Suddenly there's this weird obligation. People feel yeah. disappointed. There's like, I've always felt like it's this weird social construct we've made to like disappoint one another. <laughs> yeah it is it's built in like disappointment <laughs> and I, I i grew up in a family that like my mom was protestant my dad was jewish we didn't really celebrate much of anything we do christmas but we did like the most jewish christmas pro possible where like we'd mm -hmm. open a couple of presents and then we go to the arcade and like play video games mm -hmm. for the day mm -hmm. and like that's mm -hmm. to me i'm like dog i'm like on a holiday am I let's jewish? just fucking go to the movies or go to the go <laughs> this, to the arcade or whatever <laughs> you make me real am i jewish because that's the same exact shit that we did <laughs> I might have been Jewish this whole time and not have known it. <laughs> no, I think um, growing up, uh, I don't know, but getting like a five hundred dollar birthday gift was is way too much. And I was like, "Yo, don't, don't give me that. Like, that's too much." And then he was like, "Dude, you've paid my rent before, you've paid my car note, you know, you've done a lot for me. Just let me get you this." And like, even the quantification of it, you know what I'm saying? Like that, like, yeah, sure, I've given this guy a lot of money, and my brother like tons of money it still feels like too much, right? Like there's a, and like, I'm, I'm very price conscious when it comes to myself, but I'm not price conscious when it comes to like my friends and family. And I don't know how to like explain that. Like I'm willing to drop thousands on people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then people are like, Oh, you should really like get this thing. It'll help your foot. It'll keep your foot from hurting all the time at work. And it's only $60. I'm like, $60. That's, that's, Oh my much, God. Man. I mean, <laughs> dude, you're exactly the same way. <laughs> People are just like, people are like, oh, you can get this thing that will help you and it'll be relatively cheap. And I'm like, I don't, why would I get that for myself? Instead, I'm going to like get something nice for someone else. Like I'd rather, you know, I'd rather, yeah. I'd, like I'm happy to lavish expensive gifts on other people, but I'm just like, I don't want this nice <laughs> no, thing. I, like that's too much for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the same, like, no, it's too much. It's way too much. I like live kind of rat mode all the time. Like I'm just like, well, yeah, I'm, just like, let me hang out in my little corner and I'm fine. I, uh, I'm like, what is it? If I can't make it myself, I don't want it. Right. Like I'm one of those psychopaths <laughs> that does stuff like that, you know, like no, I can make that. And they're like that, that you need an electrical engineering degree to know how to do that. Well, I'll figure it out. There's got to be a book about it somewhere online. You know, like I'm, I'm one of those psychopaths. And uh, so, like, it's definitely I don't know. I think having that personality for me has been bad. I got to learn how to accept things, accept gifts. And like I'm trying to get better at that. But like, you know, I was just it's... talking to a friend of mine actually about how like, so my son right now, he's kind of going through this thing where he's, he's like really, it's like negative self-talk all the time. He's just like, mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I don't like school. I'm not happy. Like, I don't think anybody should love me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what is, what is going on there? And she was like, dude, when is the last time you like gracefully even took a compliment? And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out. This, the, have you seen all those memes about. Uh, the key to uh, ending male loneliness. Have you seen the male loneliness memes that have no. been coming around? They're f hilarious. Um, it, they're hilarious because people are both taking them seriously, and then people are also no like highlighting it how they're not serious at all. Uh, TikTok is amazing, right? It's in my favorite vector of like meme and information get gathering. The thing is, you have to like. You have to have some kind of schizophrenia to understand. I get all my news from TikTok, which s should terrify most people. But the people who know me are like, no, that's a smart way to go about it. <laughs> uh, because like there's definitely I'm, I'm like a huge skeptic and I'm also like a big 
desires guy. I like to like try and see if I can understand desires or like the cui bono aspect of things, right? Like who benefits from them telling me this? What does this person really want from saying, from spreading this kind of information? But the one thing that I've been laughing at has been these like memes that have been coming out and they're, I think they're in response to the like male loneliness epidemic, but also like the manosphere shit you know what i mean like the that's kind of i don't know if how familiar you are with like manosphere media but like there's a whole economy of media based on like you got to be a man you got to grow up you got to be strong and you right clean your room and, shit. yeah 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 so the cure to male loneliness is a photo it's a the meme is a photo of like usually a very soft like a classically idea of a soft guy like michael Sarah. <laughs> right. And it's a photo of Michael Sarah. And then above him, it says, is the cure to male loneliness. And then they put in bold typeface thugging that shit out. Right. <laughs> and it's a picture of Michael Sarah. Right. And that to me has been the funniest fucking shit because it is simultaneously the answer while also being a parody of the answer. Right. <laughs> like, right. Totally. Then Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the answer is. Yeah, you just got to toughen up. Like, like life sucks, but it's not just a male thing. It's an everyone thing. Everything yeah. sucks. Everything I, sucks, and everyone's lonely. <laughs> yeah, I think um, what I've come to, how I've come to, like, really understand and, and like, deal with, like, depression in my own life uh, has been, a friend of mine called it, like, bodybuilder. You're taking bodybuilder mentality to, like, to, like, mental health. And it's the idea of, like, when... When you're like lifting weights, right? When you're lifting weight, if you go there and you rack 370 pounds and you've never lifted a day in your life and you go and you rack three, it doesn't matter how big or strong you think you are. You go and you rack 375 pounds, you know, onto a, like a squat rack and you try and squat that shit by yourself. You will, you will have a bad time. You will hurt yourself. The, the key here is always to ask, Hey, can you spot me? And the job of a spotter is more or less to help you with the weight should it be too much. And that is how mental health should work, I think, right? Like you should always be able to have a network or a group of people you can reach out to and be like, yo, I'm going through some shit. I don't need you to fucking baby me. But if I can't, if you notice that I haven't showered in four or five days or I haven't spoken <laughs> to anyone in a while, hit me up. I need a spotter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because that totally. in that in that in that way you're building this you're building agency you're building strength you're you're building the ability to cope with how you feel while also not like not having not building like not taxing a community of people around you right there's like a bit of nuance in there and like i get very frustrated because i feel like we're living in an age increasingly where nuance just is not ever thought of as a thing do you know what i'm saying like people don't have nuance they don't understand that things can be both ways, right? Like things can have can be one way and the other way at the same time, and that's just kind of like where where we live in a culture. Like a well, we've li- we like, we're like living through nuance collapse because everything everybody tries to say, they try to say within like the confines of a Facebook update or a Twitter post. Yeah. Everybody is tr- and like. And like, then everyone else takes the most uncharitable read of that thing. And then that person yeah. is defensive. It's like, we're living in a, a context free world where, yeah. where no one is willing to be charitable to anybody else. Um, it's the, so you hate waffles society, you know, but the, yeah, yeah. so you hate waffles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're living in the, so you hate waffle society and there's, I don't know. I don't know how to deal with that, but I definitely know that like 
community building is probably like the best way that I've come across. Like b building a community that understands your context through expression, right? Like, I don't know. My, my Twitter account is small, uh, but if you go and you look at my like fucking my likes and stuff, you see like 60, 70, 30 people that will always like my stuff that fuck with me, that talk to me every day. This is a small, really small portion of agency that I have in my life because I, these people have, they understand the context with which I operate because I'm like, why I'm wildly sincere on there and not just like there, but like everywhere that I go, I feel like kind of using my own life as a means to like be sincere, to, to push this narrative of who I am. And there are times when I'm not exactly that guy online, but I'm, I'm trying to be that guy online. I'm trying Do you to feel like to that I feel like there are ways in which people will, would or could take advantage of someone who is like radically sincere like that? Do you feel absolutely? Like do you feel people yeah. coming at you like that? Absolutely, I've had people that uh, have been in my network like they just come and they hang out and they're friendly for a while and then and then they realize that Marcos is down for his homies and I'll help anybody and then the moment that that happens they'll be like yo can I get 200 bucks and never hear never speak to you again you know what I'm saying and yeah. I do I give I give it to him because at the end of the day like it's money and I know that like from a material perspective like it should mean a lot but like it doesn't mean much to me because money is ephemeral in my life it's always been ephemeral I've always I don't really want to spend money on anything for me. I kind of just want to make sure that everyone in my immediate life and vicinity is like taken care of. So yeah. it you know what I'm saying? Me giving someone money more or less and like I do it once and then I realize what, you know, the gig is up and I'm like, "Ah, fuck these people." You know what I'm saying? But there's no ill will against them more or less. But yeah, you I mean, what is it? Chris Chan exists, right? Like there's lots of people online that have had the same approach of being, you know, sincere online and it blowing up in their face. And I think a lot of that has to do with one. I think the internet used to be a lot darker than it is now. Surprisingly, I still a pretty shitty wild west dark place, but it's different now. There's a bit more humanity in the internet. I think I like, I'm a believer of that. I think that that's always changing. That's always in flux, but like, being trying to be sincere online is another it's another weightlifting thing it's a muscle you have to you know what i'm saying you have to flex it you have to use it constantly you have to be able to like it's hard man because like sometimes i'll post something somewhat vulnerable on the timeline or whatever and yeah, someone will be like yeah. you know and like i have the incredible gift of being a person who has made things that pe affect people's lives and like they know who i am without me knowing who they are and are generally mm -hmm. like really 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 fucking kind um and uh um and then someone will come up and be like i don't fucking care get back to making podcasts and i'm just like oh, <laughs> yeah God damn. back to making podcasts podcast boy <laughs> you're like what, wait what's going on man so i'm just <laughs> and, know, and like and like for better or worse um uh I, that like really like that i I, you could you could you could give me a million compliments and then like one negative one person mm -hmm. could pop up and say a negative thing and that's the thing that sticks with me so then I just like shut the fuck down shut down like yeah. just yeah, yeah I get you I'm I'm like one of those people that like yeah I'm a big tough guy yeah I'm strong you know what I'm saying and I'm the most sensitive motherfucker <laughs> like you know what I mean I cry in my car all the time because people are saying mean things about me and I just gotta deal with it right like you gotta thug it out that's you gotta do the Michael Sarah thing and you gotta thug it out but uh but like also I don't know were do you are you aware of 
when the last time that I was on Western Kabuki, well, not the last time, but like the first time that I was on Western Kabuki, uh, and we did an episode. I I I think I've told everyone on the pod this story. I think you might not have heard it though, because I don't think you're around for it. But a guy reached out to me, and it was one of June's haters, like a June hater, and mm-hmm. he reached out to me, and his name was Based Racist N Word. Oh my god. Right? <laughs> yet (laughs) and he reaches out to me calls me a bunch of slurs tells me to kill myself like he dms me right and tells me to kill myself because a bunch of slurs says that my stuff is bad and i told him i my like what i did was i dm'd him back and was like hey thanks for the listen that's like an hour long show i appreciate that that's a lot of time to commit to me thank you thanks homie like you know what I'm saying? He sends me a message the next day, more slurs, more telling me to kill myself, more telling me all these bad things, right? And then, you know, I said, hey, thanks for DMing me. I appreciate it. And so some time you're taking out of your day to do that. I appreciate it, homie. Like, that means a lot to me. Like, this, you know, this stuff means something to me. I appreciate it. A day, he just start. he keeps doing it for, like, almost two weeks. Then finally, he reaches back out to me and he goes, I started listening to your podcast. It's pretty funny. You guys are pretty funny. And then he he still calls me a slur and all that stuff and tells me I should kill myself and whatever. We go through this whole thing. And I, every time he, he reached out to me, I keep hitting him back with it like, yo, dude, I appreciate you reaching out to me, dog. That means a lot. You know what I'm saying? You may not think it, but this shit makes my day. Knowing that you're, you know, even if you're mad at me, I get, I understand that I'm, you know, not the kind of guy. But, you know, you're taking time out of your day. That's That's something. That means something. I appreciate it. Right? Then out of nowhere, I start talking about him on the podcast. I'm like, hey, shout out to Base Racist. Dude, love you, guy. You're, you know, this one's for you, Base Racist. Dude, <laughs> like doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> he DMs me and is like, hey, you guys are really funny. I'm sorry about all the stuff I said to you. That's, I don't like, you know, I'm just, I'm kind of like going through some rough stuff. But don't mention me on your podcast. I don't want like people to find my handle and harass me. <laughs> And I was just like, all right, man. Yo, hey, I appreciate that, dude. We won't talk about you. So the next, like, six episodes were essentially about him. We were just <laughs> talking about him, all this stuff on the podcast. You know, every, he would come up anytime anyone would make a joke that was a little too racy or something. We'd be like, yo, that one's based racist. Shouts out, big dog. You know what I mean? And <laughs> he blocked He blocked me. He literally, he blocked me. And when he blocked me, it felt like I had lost a friend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I get it. So I get it. <laughs> Usually, when people when people hit me up one on one, even to be a dick, uh-huh. I, I always yeah. say like, "Sounds like you're going through something." If you ever want to talk about it, yeah. let me know. Yeah, yeah. let me you know, hook me up. No, for real though. Like, and I think that the large amount of people aren't ready. I I preach a a particularly like psychotic brand of of you know uh, radical friendship, right? Like radical friendliness. And I don't think anyone is. I don't think everyone is capable of it. I understand that, right? But like. It's a muscle. You got to flex it. You got to be better. You got to be funnier. You got to understand that people are some people will are like legitimately trying to hurt you and harm you. But the guy online who doesn't know anything about you. Right. And like is is reaching you through someone else's podcast that he heard about you from. You know what I'm saying? Like that guy is not going to harm you. That guy has nothing. He just wants to make your day worse. So Mm -hmm. if he has no power, you, you know what I'm saying? You've you've like taken some of that back. And so I don't know. I. I'm a big proponent of like trying to be friendly, 
when other people are being shitty and it's usually it's mostly worked i've been punched in the face a couple times trying to do that but (laughs) so it's not it doesn't work for everybody but it does work right so Uh, how did you get punched in the face what happened (laughs) (laughs) i uh i used to work like i've had a lot of i've had a lot of jobs and one of the jobs i used to work at was like a kitchen and it was like a cater it was a corporate catering kitchen and the thing about corporate catering is corporate catering is so different so vastly different especially in the what i was doing um it's so in a, in a regular kitchen when you have a menu that's your menu pretty much for life maybe a few things will change here and there you might get a new chef he might have a different way of doing things and you just kind of have to you know what i'm saying but your recipes don't change so things become rote it becomes very easy in the corporate catering structure that I was working under, the chef that I was working under, the way that the way that the menu worked was it was a different menu every month. You had to relearn an entirely different menu. Ugh. And and it was based entirely on procurement, so you had no idea what the menu was going to be. So like the lady who bought our groceries would come and be like, "Yeah, I have 40 pounds of onions." And and you know that's you gotta figure out what to do with that now right and so we would just be like okay well we're doing french cuisine i guess that's all we got right so we would have to like learn french cuisine you know what i'm saying like and you have a you have less than like three days to do it so you know 10 spot lots of people wouldn't make it and you know they get burnt out or they get angry and in a kitchen i was working i was a sous chef at first for a long time and when i was the sous chef my line cooks would bicker and fight and one time it got real like serious you know like dudes were like about to swing and i was like hey hey hey, we don't we don't do that here we don't swing like you know we're not fighting we don't listen you guys want to fight go fight in the freezer or something go fight where like you know like but we got to just fucking we got to make sure we get through this and the guy was just like he goes i'm sick of motherfuckers like you telling me how to do my job you're a sous chef you never struggled before and then i was like dog if you really feel that way then just fucking punch me in the face dog and then punch me in the face get your anger out and then we'll get back to work and he fucking did <laughs> he did and what, i was like what are you gonna do punch me in the face and he did right <laughs> and uh yeah it hurt but i we went back to work i had i held no ill feelings about it because i invited it but at the end of the day like you know i went home and i was mad about it like when i was on my drive home i was real stewing about it <laughs> but i didn't want to you know i didn't want to <laughs> cause any further drama so i just had to deal with it but uh, yeah, that's kind of like that's one of the many ways I've been punched in the face for saying trying to be friendly with people. Uh, I also just I used to be a bus stop guy. I used to love to talk to people at the bus stop, and sometimes you talk to uh, like, yeah. Little, little, that's that's bravery. That's like a yeah. that's like <laughs> that's just raw courage right there. <laughs> dude, I love dude. I used to love to talk to crazy people at the bus stop because usually they're not crazy. You know what I'm saying? Usually they just have they're just you know out of sorts but i wouldn't call them crazy people i guess that uh, my thing is like i i just like i feel like this is a real new york like this is real new york hours but like i mm-hmm. i if they're i would never approach someone on the street unless i felt like they needed help like if they're just yeah. they're just i would never like initiate a conversation with anybody on the street mm-hmm. my because my experience mm-hmm. has been that like when you try and do that people are pissed and they don't want anything yeah. to fucking do with you yeah, um, unless you ask directions. The only exception yeah. to that is like in New York City, if you ask directions, people are so fucking stoked to help you out. But if you're just like, hey, man, what's <laughs> up? They're just like, who the fuck are you? Leave me alone. Yeah, get, out, get out of my face. I know. I know. Uh, one of the weird things about 
like I live in like the homelessness capital, right? Like, you know, I'm not in San Francisco, but like I'm in an area around it. Mm-hmm. So like homelessness is like this. It's like an ebb and tide during the sea, like during there's seasonality to it. Right. When it gets colder, I live in the South Bay. It's a little bit warmer down here, so it's not as cold. So like we get like a little bit more of a homeless population. And what I've come to understand is that there's two there's two ways to approach like people on the street to talk to them, especially the people who are living out on the street. Right. Um, everyone wants food, but always have food in hand. Right. Never, never, wa- never be the guy to walk up and be like, do you want a sandwich and then not have shit in your hand? Don't take the guy in the store to get him a sandwich. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's a bit of like, I don't know. There's like a bit of condescension to it. Right. Of like where you're like, this is my son type deal. Right. Or this is, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you know, like there's a, there's some condescension there. Always have food in hand. You know what I'm saying? It, it always helps to just be like, yo, hey, what's up? I saw you look hungry. That's how I always go like, you look hungry and I have this. You want it? Right. And like, don't give don't give away half eaten food. That's a shithead thing to do. But you know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah, like, terrible. See, yeah, yeah. If you see someone that's like, you know, looks bad and they look like they can use a meal or even a coffee in hand, do that shit. Give it to them. The second thing is, if you see somebody without shoes, do fucking help them out. Yeah, do they dude. need yo know, anybody that's out there with no shoes on they're in some dire straits you know like I mean, <laughs> the, the thing that i will say is like the other thing about new york it, and mm-hmm. most east coast cities and probably most west coast cities is like mm-hmm. people will step over someone who's dying like they don't get yeah shit. yeah and like there's yeah. a lot of folks that, you know i used to i used to commute through penn station which is like a place where a lot of uh homeless people spend the night and like mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who are nodding out, which mm-hmm. generally I think they're okay as long as they're not, mm-hmm. as long as they're still breathing, they're okay. But there's yeah, also a lot yeah. of people who are like, who are like asking for spare change or who are trying to like initiate a conversation with you. And like mm-hmm. in that situation, I'm just like, yeah, what's up, man? Like, I'm going to yeah, take yeah. my earbuds out and talk to you. I'm not going to fucking, uh, yeah. just pretend you don't exist. It can get a little yeah. overwhelming <laughs> in a place that has such a high concept, like in a, yeah, in a space that has such a high concentration of people who are in like a desperate situation, because like yeah. can't help everyone every time. But like, no, I get you. But like, I do think that that it's like so easy. And again, this is the same fucking culture that's like, there's a loneliness epidemic, but they won't yeah. fucking take their earbuds out <laughs> to talk yeah, to another yeah. human being. Yeah, that's kind of one of the things that I've noticed is like, if you have that, you, you have to cultivate a basic. And I know that sounds crazy, but you have, it's not a natural inborn thing. You have to cultivate a like a proclivity towards humanity, towards like liking people, towards like wanting to talk to people that are in these desperate situations. Nobody is born with that. You get what I'm saying? Like, in in fact, they they actively teach that shit. Again. They teach you against it as a child, right? They like stranger danger. Do not talk to strangers. Don't talk to random people. And I understand why the world is not a safe place, right? Like, I get that fully, one hundred percent. But you have to understand the context that there is in life you do you can and should talk to people you should talk to people who are especially looking like to you know what i'm saying like make some kind of connection with you you should talk to them because usually nine times out of ten these people are just fucking lonely they're not as crazy as you think they are yeah and also like you know i've been a journalist for 15 years and like mm -hmm. and like the only like the the i have like a, a bottomless insatiable hunger for 
other people's stories. I think that's why yeah, I yeah. did it and like why I've always I've always felt that way. But like mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, if you are talking to someone who is who is like desperate, they're gonna share something so fucking meaningful with you without even yeah, realizing yeah, yeah. that that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Like what is the uh there's a there's a word in Spanish the che- like chisme right? Do you know mm-hmm. what chisme means in Spanish? No. It's like go- it means gossip, right? And so like I'm I'm not a journalist, never have been, and I probably could never be a journalist because I have a propensity to, if something was a mile long, it was actually six miles long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I have a, just I have need that a fact propensity. checker. That's all, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have like I'm the kind of guy that's like, yeah, I swam eight miles, and like, dog, it was three. Shut up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so that that's kind of my thing. But uh, definitely, like, I have a pull to cheese, mate. Right? Like, I have a pull to like gossip. Not I don't, gossip is the wrong word, but like other people talking about things i get like i fully understand that that need and yeah i've I've met so many people i've had so many jobs that are public facing like up until very recently prior to me when i was working in like when i got out of i was working in tech for a long time but every job i had prior to that was were very public facing jobs very customer service oriented jobs and i got into tech and tech the the kind of jobs that i was doing when people think tech they think like i was an engineer or like some kind of data specialist or something like that but what i was doing was i was just catering to the rich right so like and i mean like both literally and like in a figurative way like i was just there was moments when i was working like within facilities was my like area of expertise and it's kind of like i said it's a catch-all job there were moments when i was like i'm just getting paid to hang out with this guy like i'm getting paid to hang out with him because he's fucking because he can afford to pay me to hang out with him like that's what this is right and like in those moments there was like a definite gross feeling about that but more or less like i've come to understand that like the amount of the amount of like problems of like the amount of loneliness that people feel fucking compounds the more money they throw at it right like i saw it in re- i saw it in person i saw it in real life there's a point when people stop they start making so much money that they become alienated from like normal people, right? Like regular everyday people. And like, there's a weird extremity, like extremeness going on where like the poorest of the poor, absolute destitute, homeless, cannot go anywhere. They, they live life with blinders on them where like people won't look at them. People will step over them. People will walk around them and there's nothing for them. And on the fucking exact opposite side, where the middle is trying to get towards the, like this ultra rich status, they're doing the same exact shit. No, they're fucking completely, they're lonely. They're lonely beyond any kind of like rational ability to under even fathom it. Right. And like, Oh my God. Like <laughs> I, I cooked a steak for the guy, the CEO of Uber, um, Travis Kalnick. And like, <laughs> He was a dickhead. Like I was, I can, I'll come out imagine. and say, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was a dickhead. But I cooked a steak for him, and I cooked a steak for him in his office, and like he had a special personal office called the War Room. And I remember it was steak and eggs. I cooked him steak and eggs one morning because he came in hungover. So I'm cooking him steak and eggs, and he was telling me about the like his nightlife and stuff. And then he was asking me if I get out often to like any of the clubs that he goes to. And I remember like cooking the steak and eggs and chopping the onions, and I'm like dog i don't leave this office i said <laughs> like said i go home and i sleep and i come back here 
And then he was just like, he was like, oh, it's like, is you don't have a work life balance or something like that? And I'm like, I don't make enough to have a life outside of this place, man. Right. And he goes, well, do you need a raise? I'm like, no, this is me asking for a raise. This is just me telling you how it is. And he started he started laughing. And then he goes, yeah. And he goes, I get lonely like that, too. And I'm like, dude, we're not talking about the same. Like, <laughs> I'm talking about I don't have a life. You're talking about <laughs> you're talking about something different. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, he's that guy was an incredibly lonely guy. He used to make me he used to pay me to fucking cook him breakfast sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like he would, you know, have the the temp company that I worked for. They would call me and be like, Marcus, you got to go in and cook a CEO some dinner because <laughs> he's he's sad. And he would just talk to me about the most fucking mundane shit. And it was just, you That's know, crazy, like crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> like he he honestly sounded like a bus stop guy. He would be like, yeah, I was, you know, what I'm saying like he was like, I was playing chess dot com for 17 hours today. And I realized that maybe I should get some work done. I'm like, dude, don't tell me this. <laughs> like I'm over here like cutting carrots into a stew. This you're sick, dude. <laughs> You've got, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is your problem? Yeah, man? yeah that that loneliness is the loneliness of a person who's incapable of like of, of crap of like creating meaning between two people like yeah all all he can create is capital like that's all he that's all he's ever been able to do and that's like i keep thinking about like about like elon musk is like that dude must be fucking miserable oh yeah absolutely but saddest dude he's miserable but i think honestly the most the more miserable people are the people who like dick ride that guy (laughs) right like that is crazy to me to see the you know what i mean like I get why you would do that in 2010. I get why you would see in 2010, you would see Elon Musk and be like, this guy is the future. Do you get what I'm saying? I get why you would be that way. But in 2023, seeing all the scandal, seeing able, you know, being able to see all of the shit that is going on and still being like, yeah, he's, he's the truth. He's going to be the guy who's going to like fix all of this. We're going to Mars because of him. Like, how do you do that? That's a mental gymnastic I don't understand. It's really baffling to me. I I, mm-hmm. I don't get it at all. <laughs> I think, uh, uh, what is the saying? I can't remember what the saying. There's a saying about that, about how it's easier to, no, I'm not thinking of Mark Fisher, but I did, I don't know. <laughs> I watched this, I watched this thing on TikTok recently today where the guy was talking about how Tiny Toons uh, the the show it's getting a reboot, and the reboot of Tiny Toons doesn't pick up where it's like a full reboot. Like other shows, when they do a reboot, they do like a nod to like the prior show. But he's like, mm-hmm. when you think about this one, he's like, this one's based on Mark Fisher's uh, capitalist realism, where the <laughs> <laughs> so <it> was <laughs> where he was talking about how the Looney Tunes in the original show didn't ever want to give up power because you still they, they're still the looney tunes you knew who they were and they went on after the looney tunes show the tiny tune show was canceled none of the tiny tune shows got their own shows they weren't able to do anything but they were all going to school to learn how to be the looney tunes and then the looney tunes never gave up power so the looney tunes went and they made a bunch of shitty shows they made a bunch of shitty they made space jam 2 you know what i mean <laughs> they moved on and they never once seceded any kind of power or uh voted to make like not voted but like tried to make the the world a better place for the tiny tunes so what they did instead was they decided to reboot and now they reboot and they just start the fucking clock all over and now the Looney Tunes are still in power and they're still going to stay in power while the Tiny Tunes are like in this gerontocracy of old decrepit fucking. (laughs) 
It, like, that's really funny. That that's kind of, like it. That's, <laughs> that's deep. That's fucking deep, yeah, yeah. Man. TikTok is sick, and TikTok is a sick place, right? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of like, I like, I like the, what is that called? The, the lim, like, there's like a liminal aspect to like social media where like I was talking about it to some friends recently where I was saying that like I think it's really cool that you can just open up an app and look at like a like interact with the human subconscious like a huge massive collective consciousness you could just do that you could do it on TikTok if you want to get like an audio visual video style of that you can go on Twitter and you know see what that's like and you can go on Instagram and get like a video you know like you know like visual like representation of that but like you're able to like curate and see what you really want to see through that lens but like also if you just start brand new profiles like i do this all the time i just start brand new profiles and i see the first things that they serve up to me and that's like a really good like summation of what like people are thinking about like the the interesting so like the new profile is like the it's like the it's like the default uh of what of like what's most popular there before you sort of run a groove into sort of yeah all literally all social media is that all social media serves you up because what they're looking for is vectors for which they can like it's it's called cohorts in marketing it's called cohort right so like cohort it used to be not cohort it used to be called what was the demographic but the word demographic implies that there's only one thing so the 18 to 25 demographic means that there are only white males of 18 to 25 demographic. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there's, they can only be that one thing. Whereas cohort implies that there's more to that. So 18 to 25 white, possibly gay, you know what I'm saying? Like all these different, like, you know, gay, straight, male, female, there's like all these different. And as you continue using on social media, like using your social media profile and interacting and liking and talking and commenting, the algorithm is able to sort your, your, your cohort and like select for you the best ability, like what you see the most. So like if you, I do this like almost every couple months, I'll just start a blank profile, right? Completely blank. I have a device that I have, like, it's just all, it has no internet. It's just a Wi-Fi only phone. And I start a blank one just to see what people are into. And like the conservative shift is real. A lot of motherfuckers, are taking the red pill. There's a lot of conservative shit going on. Uh, the left in America is completely dead, right? Like that is not what they are serving in any of these fucking social media platforms. All these social media platforms serve as a, like, as like a, a vector to get you to become conservative. Right. And I don't know if that's willful on the social media platforms. Uh, like, you know, their algorithm i don't know if that's like their eng team is literally selecting for that like their marketing team is their product marketing is literally like selecting for that or if that's just what people are into do you get what i'm saying it's very difficult to like make that distinction and i don't think it's fair to make that distinction but i can see it almost every single like if you go on a if you go on a blank youtube right now and you go to youtube shorts which is their version of tiktok and it's like a super algorithm it'll just speed run all the stuff that it thinks you're into 
you only need to scroll like three or four times and you'll run into some Andrew Tate stuff and you'll run into some Jordan Peterson stuff and you'll run into some Joe Rogan stuff and you'll run into some, you know what I'm saying? And like, it's, <laughs> it's crazy how fast that shit happens, right? If you go on to Instagram, it'll start off with like, you know, like just kind of like almost softcore porn content of like women in bikinis and big buff, strong men. And then eventually you'll work your way into like Christian nationalism shit. Right. And it's you can do that shit relatively fast. TikTok, um, TikTok usually serves you like some kind of it'll always start innocuous with like girls dancing, uh, funny videos, like funny viral videos. And then very quickly, you'll start <laughs> seeing videos about like, are the Nephilim real? Are giants <laughs> real? You know what I'm saying? And you're like, whoa, dude, you know what I'm saying? That kind of peasant brain. But, you know, that all kind of goes hand in hand with like conservative ideas and ideology. So like. I don't know. There's I it's hard it's really hard for me to state whether or not this this is like a human like I I honestly my humble opinion on it is that like people are getting more conservative because it's the easier way. It's the easier route. It's so much easier to be conservative than it is to be any kind of like to have any kind of critical thinking, I think. Right. And I don't want to sound smug about that shit because there's no smugness. Like, I'm a fucking idiot. But I also know that if, you know, like a guy is walking up to me and telling me, you know, that all your problems can go away and it's all the problems of this particular type of people. The the reason why your life is bad is these particular type of people exist. That's why your problems are bad. And like, I've never met them or, you know what I'm saying? I've never or they're they're rights. They're right long aside me, like struggling with me. Then what the fuck are they talking about? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's. Yeah, totally yeah so I mean, like it that. all it all comes kind of comes back to the same thing doesn't it like, yeah just gotta have your homies radical yeah homies you legitimately them. yeah legitimately yeah if you can recognize it like but my homies are jewish and they were they're all poor with me you know what i'm saying like my homies are trans and they're fucking broke with me they're not canceling me my homies are all these problems all these people that you don't like and say are bad what are you talking about they're good people to me what are you talking about do you get what i'm saying like once you're capable of doing that man it changes i don't know it changes a uh, fucking your your perspective on things. So I don't know. It's my fucking oh, my bad. I yawned on the, that's a big no no. I try not to break is yawning on the podcast. But I've been I've been up for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been up uh, for I you know I've I've got my kids so uh, today has oh, been yeah. a full fucking day. We uh, we set off our bottle rocket. You know we went to the park. Oh sick! Got some ice sick. cream. Sick. You you have mu- you have all that like I don't want to ask you about it unless you want to talk about it. But no, you have no, all that go musical for equipment behind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have all that musical equipment. What what I didn't know you made music, man. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I put out an album last year. Um, I'm kind this of. Me, uh, but, sorry, go ahead. This is me not doing my homework. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, I am. Um, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm like a dabbler. I'm not like a professional musician. I'm like a person who struggles to make anything come out, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just love, I'm like a big synthesizer head and I probably spent way too much money on them. Uh, here, if I turn my camera, you can see. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. That's the move. Yeah. You have the synthesizer board. That's so sick. I listen, I know I've seen, I've seen multiple people I know destroy their lives getting into like synthesizer debt, right? Like getting into like really, <laughs> I'm not in debt. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank God. Thank God. I, I have a homie of mine that bought like a, uh, what are those, those ancient, like an old Moog, the ones you have to like warm up. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, yeah the yeah. Analog, oh, yeah. the real ones. Right. And like, mm-hmm. 
I watched him. I watched him buy one on. I think he bought one on fucking like what was the fucking eBay. He bought it on eBay for a thousand dollars and it was busted. And so he like from hand by hand like started repairing it himself, buying capacitors and shit on you know, like you know like yeah back, I couldn't do that yeah. I couldn't do that. I do. I watched him destroy his life. I watched. <laughs> I watched him literally. I last time. I last. I haven't heard from him about a year and a half. But the last I heard him, he's like, "Yeah, I sold everything and I'm moving to like I'm moving to Gilroy, which is like a very there's not a lot of money out there. There's nothing out there. It's like a big farm town. And he's like, I'm moving to Gilroy. Just me and the Moog man. I got like eight months of rent, and I think this is enough. And I think I can finally turn it around. I'm like, turn what around? What are you trying to do, dude? <laughs> like. You're, <laughs> You're spending you're spending millions of dollars, almost millions of dollars of your life or millions of hours of your life on a Moog, dude. <laughs> like you could just buy a new one. There's a couple thousand bucks, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, I've seen people go crazy with synths. Uh, yeah, I'm a dabbler I mean, as well. I mean, the thing for me is like um, I, I, I so like I started like I got into them in like the early 2000s and it was before everything got super fucking expensive. So I had like a bunch of really nice vintage shit and then nice. was broke. So I had to sell it all. Yeah. And now it's worth like yeah, yeah. eight, nine times as much as I, as I sold it yeah. for. Um, yeah. That sucks. And so I'm very sad uh, about that, but like, you know what? The thing is now that like, that like, if you want to, there's actually this guy, I can't remember his fucking name. He's on, he's on, uh, He's on YouTube. He's a YouTube dude, and it makes me want to find his name. But is I it won't. Red? Red means record or Red? Is that is it that guy? I've no, seen that guy. No. He he's this no. he's this Japanese dude, and basically he like puts out a thing that's like, oh, you want to make sounds like a Moog? Here's how to do it for free. And he puts out a video mm-hmm. every fucking day. That's uh, mm-hmm. or like not every day, but uh, all the time. That's like mm-hmm. this is how you do. This is how you like mm-hmm. do everything like get all of these sounds but don't have to pay for it oh you want something that Mm -hmm. you want like an app that functions like this expensive piece of hardware here uh, these are all the things you can use that will basically do that um which i I think is a huge fruity loops head for that exact reason because you can do that kind of shit (laughs) like save my it saved my life and my bank account was getting into fruity loops (laughs) really young because you can pretty it's wildly powerful despite being really shitty and not user friendly but i also am a dabbler i'm Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm a dabbler, so I make music as well. Like, and I, I've been making music for so long. I started this fucking podcast to promote my music, and now I don't make music. Do you see? <laughs> do you see that's, that's, what happened, man? I, I, not that I don't even. It's not that I don't make it. It's just that like now I realize that there's no market for music. The kind of music that I'm making is not anything that anyone would be interested in listening to. It's psychotic. I've showed. I made. I'm making, I've been working on an album for a friend of mine, just like as, I'm literally, right now, I'm making an album out of spite. I'm making, <laughs> currently, I'm, I'm making a five-track EP for a, f- a friend of mine who made up this horrific band name that I'm not going to say, but it has a <laughs> band name. It's a f- <laughs> horrific band name. Uh, like, horrific. Like, there's no defending it, but he was like, he keeps trying to gaslight people into thinking that the band is real. Right. And it's there's no way that the band is like real. So what I'm doing, pure act of pettiness, is I'm making a five track EP as that band and I'm going to release it. So that way 
he can stop gaslighting people and being like, oh, yeah, this band is real, dude. It That's is really real. Funny. <laughs> yeah. And now it's me. <laughs> um, so, I feel yeah. like the thing for me, though, is like I've always been like such a big fan of all these of so many different kinds of music. And I'm like definitely not talented enough to play all of them but like there's a part of me that's just like every album every every record i put out i want it to be like a different style like i want to keep just like making new shit and like Mm -hmm. again like back to my friend matt farley i'm like should i make every album from a different band even though it's all just me (laughs) but honestly i i was talking about this recently about you know like the whole ai art thing is it's it's a hot button issue and i get why right there are a lot of people who feel like that AI art is coming for their work and is going to fucking make it impossible for them to like make a dime and a dollar. And I get that. Right. But like, it's not going to stop the psychopaths making art. Right. There's people who, there's two reasons for people. Like there's a main in the mainstream. There's two reasons why people get into making art. One of them is that like people get into art and for whatever reason they think in their minds that they're going to get into art, they're going to make it big and they're going to be able to support themselves when the vast majority of history has proven that that is not the case ever for anyone. Right. And like, so the other side of that, the flip side, this is where the real, to me, the real good art lays is the people who get into art purely to make the voices stop. Those people are always going to make art regardless of how that art gets made. And so, like, AI art offers you tools to do that kind of shit, to iterate in ways that it normally never did. Those motherfuckers are going to learn how to use that shit, and they're going to do things that have never been done before because they're psychos, right? (laughs) Like, that's, you know, I fall in that latter category of a psychopath who makes art because I enjoy it, right? Like, you know, I I don't, I have no qualms about, like, even this podcast, I have no, I have no real, like, illusions that this is going to be the thing that blows up and, and, you know, take me to the next level. But I'm not going to stop doing it anyways. Right. Yeah, and, I feel and, like I feel like the the real heads out there just do it because they have to. They don't have any choice. Yeah, yeah, I get that too. I also feel like there are people there are people who are like, I don't know. I this isn't me shitting on the the art community and telling them to fucking suck it up because I understand how that how that feels. Right, this feeling of like fuck. Like I, dude, my job used to be marketing, and I automated my own job and I put my whole fucking team out of business. Like I, it was me. It was my fault. I was like, yo, check out how easy this shit is. I just learned how to do this. And then like, sick, you guys are fired. You're all fired. (laughs) We, now we have a bot to do that. Thanks for fucking, thanks for building the bot dickhead. Right. And so like, I, you know, I know exactly how that feels, but like if your passion, my passion was not marketing. So it's no harm and no foul. You know what I'm saying? My, you know, like if your passion is making lots of money from art, then I don't know if you really got that the passion for art in you. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know how to there's not a nice way to put that. I feel like and that's fucked up. I feel there's 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 got to be a middle ground somewhere of like where people could support themselves with their art. But historically, I mean, the thing the thing I, I sort of feel is like. It is really scary. Like I, I'm not trying to negate the fact that it is yeah, really yeah. scary, especially like in the visual Same. medium about about how how fucking weird and sophisticated AI is is becoming. But it's still just like ugly and like yeah. there's something about it like yeah. All right, this is a weird comparison, but but stay with me here. This is my opinion. If anybody's listening to this, like if you don't agree with me, I don't, whatever. <laughs> uh, um, the so Zack Snyder made the Watchmen movie, right? And there's a Watchmen comic mm-hmm. beforehand. 
and somehow mm-hmm. he managed to translate almost like like note perfectly all of the panels from that comic onto the screen like mm-hmm. it looks exactly like the comic and somehow is like the washed out dead-eyed soulless version of the comic while looking almost exactly the same like yeah. and that's just how i feel about ai art it like it's like the soulless like like you can imbue it with a lot of shit but you can't imbue it with the soul technical proficiency this is i learned this in in when i was going to school in art in art like for art in art classes and stuff one of my teachers uh masako miki who's a great design artist uh and like visual artist i remember her saying because i remember we were drawing and we were like doing it like we were painting we're doing like some painting work and i'm very much in the realm of impressionist because i don't know how perspective works uh, and I refuse to learn how to do it. I just, it's too late for me to, to go back and learn it. I've been doing it for t- so long. So I call it style now. But, but, uh, so I was painting. We were doing a painting and I got frustrated because I was like, I can't get this correct. Like, I can't get the size right. I don't know what to do here. And she looked at me and she said, technical proficiency does not equate talent. She goes, your ability to do something. She goes, if I wanted a Xerox of this or a photo of this, I would have taken a photo of it. I would have Xeroxed it. She goes, but that's not what I want. She's like, that's not what you should want as an artist. You should want more. You, you know what I mean? Like, not to shit on people who are technically proficient, but more or less, like, as an artist, you should understand that if you can, what is it called? If you can execute something to the degree that it is vis- a visual representation of what's in your mind, you are doing art. Do you know what I'm saying? And AI art doesn't really give you that because there's no mind behind it, right? There's no, like, it can be as technically proficient as possible, but not have any kind of soul in it, like you were saying, right? Like the Zack Snyder, you know, like, it's technically very impressive that he did do shot for shot remakes of an entire comic, but at the same exact time, that shit means nothing <laughs> like it's right it's a boring movie with no soul in it so i get no i know exactly what you mean so. and i just feel like there's so much of, like it's so easy to make a thing to be like technically proficient it's so easy to play the chords the ramones played and it's impossible to be the ramones yeah you know what i mean yeah that's, i just don't know exactly that's the mean. fucking thing yeah yeah it's yeah that's the thing about like uh the kind of art that I, the kind of music that I make and the reason why it's a little bit challenging is because I have such a heavy noise influence that I'm always trying to do my best to like make music, make noise into music, give noise melody, right? Which is like a literal, it's a literal impossibility, right? <laughs> like, you know, I'll hear like uh, the sound of like a train stopping really harsh, you know, that like that squeaky noise, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'll hear that and be like, I could do, I could. Yeah, I can. If I pitch this up and I put a cord <laughs> over it, I can. You know oh my God. Like, Do you know how many fucking subway trains I've recorded in New York City? Because <laughs> yes, yeah, they make the sound. They make the sound when they start. That's like. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad that you're sick in the head the same exact way that I am. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. Uh, yeah. No, legitimately, though, I, you know, I'm trying to do the impossible all the time. Right. Like my artistic goals and artistic loft. Like, they're lofty. I have lofty goals not because I think that, I, oh, yeah, I'm the shit and I'll get there. I have lofty goals because I want to try to do impossible things. And every time I don't, you know, every time I don't succeed and I fail, I feel like I fail in a direction that people are, you know, appreciative of. And that's kind of like, 
I feel like that's a better way to look at art than to just be like, well, I I went to all the classes and I learned all the perspectives and I did all the things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or like I have this tool and it and it has all the brushes and it does all the brushes for me. That's you know what I'm saying? I don't know. There's something that speaks to that. Yeah, totally. Same with uh, shit talking on. <laughs> yeah, is that a compulsion for you too? Are you, I, you have to shit oh, talk I'm, forever. I it's so bad. I like I have to learn to stop doing it because I do it for so long. Um, I have to. I'm gonna read out the because I feel like I don't want to take up any more of your time because I will absolutely make a five hour podcast. <laughs> That's my biggest fear is that I'm going to one day release a six and a half hour podcast. You just got to break like, it up into not. six to six discrete episodes. That's it. I could do that, but I'm a psycho. Uh, my favorite, my, my, the running gag that I've been wanting to do recently has been to release a one track album. That's three and a half hours long. Right. And so it's a, <laughs> it's a bunch of different songs just edited together and just had to write like one track, three hours long and, I just think it would be so funny because you can't skip it on a when you're streaming it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just a pain in the ass to listen to. But uh, let's see. Before I get out of here, before I let you go, um, I mean, what do you got to plug, man? You got a show bigger than mine, dude. <laughs> uh, listen to Western Kabuki if you haven't already. You can hear. You can. You you're on it. Um, yeah. And. Uh, I don't know. That's it for now. Uh, I got yeah, other yeah. stuff coming, but uh, down the pipe. But right now, it's just music. That. Let me know. Actually, yes. Yeah, uh, send me a link to your music because I would love to put. that Yeah, the, uh, the band is called Slow Fawns. S L O W F A W N S. Like slow, nice. like the baby yeah. deer. Uh, nice. And the album is called Isolation Two. You can find it on all major streaming platforms. I'll send it to you. Hell, hell yeah! Um, I want to thank Christopher Simovin, K, Jonathan, Maz. Uh, what's up, Maz? Uh, David, Andrew, Ryan, Stephen, Benny, Big Dick Coknar. What's up, homie? Uh, Patrick, Alex, The Devil in France, Andrew, The Empty Set, My Tits are Praxis, Basil, uh, Julie, <laughs> Shmoo, Justin, Fred, Luke, Hamwich, Shogs. What's up, Shogs? Uh, Fuzzy Nalgas, JJJ, Josh, Daniel, Chris, Spore, Reese, Slithers, decoy sarah malik alex kevin jasmine and nicholas thanks for the that's a lot you guys every day every day we're getting bigger it's crazy um appreciate the love homies uh through the miracle of stereo today's sound is designed to suit you